Welcome to the audio podcast of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage, the show where you can talk face-to-face with your favorite MLB players and personalities. Welcome into the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Tim McMaster here, and we are lucky enough to be joined in the Chatting Cage today by Jack Morris, five-time All-Star, four-time World Series champion. Jack, thanks for taking a few swings in the cage. Yeah, good to be with you, Timmy. Nice to be in Florida for a couple days of uh, nice warm weather. Yeah, it looks nice and warm there, and I know you live up in Minnesota where it's definitely much colder right now. Fans, you know how to get involved. Twitter, use the hashtag ChattingCage, or you can use the MLB Fans app on your phone as well, or hit the Get In Line button on your screen, and you can join us live and get your question into Jack. Jack, we're going to start on social media. Twinkies Forever wants to know, who on the Twins are you particularly excited to watch this season? Well, there's a lot of young players that I think are going to be exciting to watch. Byron Buxton is a, a kid that can do things that very few people can do. The way he runs the bases, the way he covers the outfield, his strong throwing arm. Uh, Max Kepler in right field is, uh, is a young kid that's got a lot of upside. And Miguel Sano, another guy that uh, after kind of a sophomore jinx his second year in the big leagues, um, looking forward to a rebound year and seeing if he can develop into that star that everybody expects him to be someday. Yeah, those guys seem like really the core of the next generation of the Twins, and it seems like Buxton finally really started to get it late last season, and he could be special going forward. Former top prospect in all of baseball. All right, we're joined by a fan now on the line, Jack. Fan, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask Jack your question. Hi, I'm Chelsea. I'm from New Jersey. Uh, I was wondering, what's your favorite part about us? Broadcasting, sorry. You know, there's so many nice ballparks uh, out there now, new ballparks that have uh, really designed their facility with uh, broadcasting in mind. Uh, a lot of times early in baseball, broadcasters are sort of an afterthought and the whole press box and all those things were not really a priority. But some of the new ballparks are much more friendly for us guys. Uh, certainly Target Field in Minnesota is one of the best out there, I think. All right, Jack, we're going to go to the MLB Fans app now, and Dave the Brave wants to know, which batter did you least want to pitch to back in your pitching days? Uh, the guy that was at the plate with guys on first, second, and third. Uh, <laughs> you know, there was a lot of great hitters, you know, and I look back and I sometimes wonder how the heck did I ever survive that long. But over my career, I think one guy stands out uh, head and shoulders above everybody else, and that was George Brett. Uh, for the first half of my career, George wore me out. Every time I challenged him, every time I thought I could make a pitch when I needed to, he seemed to put the ball in play and do some damage. So really, the second half of my career, I just avoided him. I'd pitch around him. I'd never let him get a pitch to hit. And if I had to walk him, I would. This is the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Jack Morris joining us today. You can get in line, get on, and ask your own question by hitting the button on your screen or use that hashtag Chatting Cage as well. And we have another fan ready to go joining us now. Fan, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Jack Morris. Hey, Jack. I'm, uh, I'm a big Minnesota Twins fan. And how do you think they'll do this in the division this season? And also... How do you think Byron Buxton will, how many home runs do you think Byron Buxton will hit? Well, I don't know. Uh, you know, it's obviously I'm just going to speculate like all fans do. I think Buxton is capable of hitting 15 home runs. Uh, he's got to put the ball in play more and often. I think 
it's not about home runs for him. It's about just getting on base. And with his speed, he can really be a deterrent uh, against the opposition. He's just got to be able to put the ball in play. So I don't think Paul Molitor or any of the coaches, especially the hitting coaches, are going to be saying, hey, By Byron, swing for the fences. They're going to want him just to try to put the ball in play, try to miss an infielder and get the ball into the outfield. Um, where the Twins finish is a big if. I think it all depends on their pitching staff. They've got some players that should be developing, that should be better this year, especially some of the young core. But in order to win, you've got to pitch. And uh, you can't allow eight, nine runs a game and have, you know, eight to ten pitchers pitching a game and expect the bullpen to be strong later in the season. The starters got to get deeper. They've got to do... Uh, a better job. They've got to take responsibility for what they have to do, and that's to hold the opposition down, let this young team go out there on the field with confidence knowing that if they score three, four runs, they can still win a game. We saw this team with some of these same players, Jack, two years ago, played really well, finished over 500. obviously struggles in 2016. That brings us to the EDJ question of the day, and that today is, as a Twins broadcaster, when you look at this team within the division, within the Central Best case scenario, how well do you think they can do in that division? Well, I think it would be a big plus if the Twins can get back to 500. If they can uh, be somewhere around 80, 81 wins uh, after a disastrous 103 loss season last year, that would be a big plus. Uh, it's a tough division. you got to remember Kansas City two years were in postseason, and last year was the Cleveland Indians. So they all came out of the uh, American League Central. Detroit is no slouch. Um, you know, so they got their hands full. They're going to have to play good baseball in order to contend. All right, back to social media we go, Jack. And uh, we were together, actually, for much of the playoffs a year ago. And Blue Bayou 1 wants to know, what did you think of last year's World Series? I think it was a very good one. You know, uh, the fact that you saw Game 7 and an extra inning Game 7, that's unique. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, certainly Cubs fans are rejoicing and they get all bragging rights all winter long, uh, really all summer long until next postseason. Uh, and they, they should, should celebrate. Uh, the Cubs have a very good team. They ended up surviving. Cleveland really showed how much uh, togetherness they had. They fought together as a team. They played great. Uh, they, they maybe played their best ball late, but, uh, you know, they're – a couple innings away and maybe a run here or there of winning the world championship themselves. So uh, I think it's one of the best World Series I've seen in the last few years. Yeah, it'll certainly be remembered for years, especially Game 7, which was unbelievable. Back and forth, rain delay, it had a little bit of everything. All right, we have another fan getting ready to go here. Fan, go ahead, tell us your name, where you're from, and ask your question for Jack. Hi, um, I'm from Long Island, and the question is, what's your opinion on the possibility of well, they're trying to speed up the game, and uh, I think the simple solution is limit the number of pitches that come in, pitchers that come into the game. Uh, <laughs> you know, and they're not going to do that either because there's too much tradition in baseball. I, I don't see them really changing the strike zone that much, even if they do have it on paper. Let's face it, the rule book says it's up to the letter, so I don't know as though they can go any higher than that. In reality, it's all about the umpires and how they practice that in the real live game situation. But uh, for the most part, I think uh, they've done a fairly good job in recent years. And, you know, everybody has their opinion. A pitcher wants more strikes, a hitter wants more balls. So, you know, it's a, it's an ongoing argument that nobody's ever gonna win completely. 
Back to social, Jack, and back to your Tigers days from Ralph23. He wants to know, what was your most dominant pitch in 1984 when you threw that no-hitter? Well, it was my forkball. I, I call it a forkball. Today's terms is split finger, but it's a little different because I really jammed it into my fingers and got on top of the ball. The ball came out spinning like a curveball, but a hitter saw a fastball delivery. Uh, that was my go-to pitch. That was my strikeout pitch. And in that particular game, uh, you know, I got the final out of the game uh, with, uh, with the guy swinging at a ball that was down in the zone. All right, we were talking a little bit about rule changes, and we have another question kind of in that that same zone, Jack. Speedball thrower wants to know, did anything crazy ever happen to you on an intentional walk in a game that you were playing in, not just necessarily if you were on the mound, but a game that you witnessed because obviously we're going to kind of see the end of the old school intentional walks this season. Well, I did witness, I thank God it didn't happen to me personally, but I did witness uh, intentional walks that were thrown to the batting cage, uh, or excuse me, the, the backstop uh, right in front of the fans. And so the runners could advance and, uh, you know, by just waving the guy down to first base, you're only letting the runner go one, you know, one, one base where he might be able to go first to third or second to home when the ball gets behind the catcher. So, you know, it's another speed up rule is what this is all about. But in reality, there are times where pitchers can uh, lose their uh, momentary uh, focus and, and a lapse where the ball gets behind the catcher, goes over the screen or whatever, and uh, runners can advance a couple bases. Back to the MLB Fans app we go. And Chai Cubby wants to know, Jack, who was your favorite baseball player when you were growing up? Well, as a young kid, uh, growing up in Minnesota, being a Twins fan, I think Harmon Killebrew was all of our favorites. He was the big power hitter, the great guy to come through in the clutch, the, you know, just a wonderful guy that I got to know personally over my life, and a, I call him a dear friend. Uh, as I grew up in the game uh, and became a pitcher, I certainly uh, sort of migrated to all the great pitchers of the game, from Steve Carlton to, you know, Nolan Ryan and, and Tom Seaver and Jim Palmer, uh, the Negroes. I mean, all the guys that seemed to end up in the Hall of Fame uh, eventually, they were the guys that were eating up innings and dominating the game, and those guys are the guys I wanted to try to be like. Jack, in your career, you played in a lot of different ballparks from what was then Sky Dome, now Rogers Center, uh, and then you played in the, the old Tiger Stadium as well. So Baseball Addict wants to know, what stadium did you enjoy pitching in the most? Well, Early years, uh, Oakland was probably the best, best pitcher's park, and today is still a very good pitcher's park because there's so much foul territory. Uh, now that they have the big enclosure out in right field and center field, uh, the wind doesn't affect the ball so positively for a pitcher like it used to. It used to be a constant wind that blew in and hard for hitters to hit it out. But I've also enjoyed all the dome stadiums myself because I think the enemy of all pitchers is the wind. And it can be a warm wind, it can be a cold wind, but wind dries you out and stiffens you up. So the dome stadiums, it was always 72 degrees, and you had your perspiration going late in the game. You still felt invigorated, and you had a lot, uh, you know, a lot of fluidity to your pitches because you weren't stiff. All right, Jack, and staying with the MLB Fans app, Wolfpack2017 wants to know, who is your favorite pitcher to watch or compete against? Oh, boy. There were so many. Um, you know, I always felt lucky to be a number one starter because I was facing the other team's best, and I wanted to beat them, and uh, they wanted to beat me. And th that competition is something 
I think all of us ex-athletes really appreciate more than anything else is the, the ability to go out and compete against one of the game's better pitchers was always fun. All right, Jack, that's going to do it. We are out of time. Thanks, thanks so much for joining us on the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Thank you, Timmy. And that will do it for another edition of the Edward Jones Chatting Cage. Tune in again next time.